0: Zaslow Show 2.0. It is a Monday, the 1st of January, the year 2024 of our Lord. Good to have you board part of the Believe Podcast Network, and presented as always by Anna Jar and Levine Accident Attorneys. 800-747-3, 800-747-3733. Happy New Year to everybody. If you're hanging out with us today on New Year's Day, certainly appreciate that. It's a holiday for almost everyone. Not a lot of us are working today. You know, the, the, there are certain people who don't get time off. Sports talk show hosts who make their own schedule like myself, I don't get time off. The only other people that don't get time off during this time of year are the pro athletes and of course the folks at bet online. And with NFL, you got the bowl games, NBA in full swing over these holidays. Bet online isn't taking a second off to make sure that everyone has up to the second odds, news and info. Bet online has all the sports wagering info you need available on both desktop and mobile versions. Head there today to get into the action. Remember to use promo code BELIEVE B L E A V to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Happy New Year to everyone. If you hung out with us last night on the live stream for It's Still Real to Me, we do live stream on Sunday night of our wrestling podcast. Appreciate you guys hanging out with us on New Year's Eve. I can't tell you, the Zazlos for the first time in years, stayed up last night to midnight. Now, we were all in separate rooms, all doing our own thing. We weren't actually celebrating New Year's. I'm a little bit under the weather, if you could tell. Uh, Today's show's not going to be perfect. I'm trying to power through it. I don't feel very well. I was in bed last night watching football, watching movies. My kids were playing video games. My wife was watching shows downstairs. We all though made it past midnight, all right? So, Happy New Year to everybody, and I really appreciate you hanging out with us here today. We are going to have some fun. We're going to get to—I mean, look, we're going to do all Dolphins today, all NFL. We got our NFL rundown. We got to get prepared for Week 18. Week 17 is in the books. There is no Monday Night Football tonight because you got to keep it fair. Nobody can have a short rest going into the final week. It's got to be fair. So, we do know if you haven't been made aware right now, and we knew this was going to be the case if things lined up like this. Dolphins, Bills for the AFC East next weekend— Final game of the season. That's right, Sunday Night Football. NBC, Sunday Night Football, 8.20 p.m. So, if you have tickets for this game, Dolphins, Bills, make the proper arrangements. Make the proper adjustments. Sunday Night Football, final game of the NFL season, is for the AFC East Championship. Bills at Dolphins, as the Dolphins blew it yesterday. There's no other way to put it. And you you know how I went into the game yesterday. I told you I was confident. I felt good about the team. Coming off their best win of the season against the Dallas Cowboys. I thought this team, after picking up a monster home win, was going to be ready to pick up a monster road win. Fact of the matter is, they are so damn banged up. And they catch a Ravens team at you know at the absolute worst time. Now yes, the Ravens, they got injuries of their own. But this Raven team is coming off of, excuse me, a blowout victory over San Francisco. They're in in San Francisco. They are smoking fools right now. And the Dolphins absolutely walked into a buzzsaw. Now, yes, the Dolphins walked into a buzzsaw. But part of it, this Dolphin team, not that they weren't ready to play yesterday. And the injuries certainly play a part. Everyone's dealing with injuries. But the Dolphins, it so Many mistakes yesterday. By the time the game ended, I'm sitting there. I turned to my son and go, I've been sitting here for three hours doing nothing. That's what it felt like. Just sat on the couch in the Zaslow Mansion family room for three hours, just emotionless, and watching the Dolphins get their shit kicked in. That's, that's what yesterday ended up amounting to. It was like a total waste of time. And I did go into the game feeling I, I was confident, I felt the Dolphins were ready. I liked the way they bounced back since the Tennessee loss with a 30-0 win against the Jets, the victory against the Cowboys. I thought the timing was right, and the Dolphins were going to be able to wrap up the number one spot in the AFC going into Week 18. Instead, they're just trying to wrap up the AFC East. Now look, I got a, a negative spin and I got a positive spin for you. I know a lot of people you'll tune into sport, you know, sports talk shows the day after a huge loss. Like, like Zazzle, make me feel better. I'm gonna give you a negative spin. I'm gonna give you a positive spin. The negative spin is, yeah, this is th- a- this is a major disappointment. There's no other way to look at it. It is very difficult right now to feel good about this team moving forward. And the injuries play a huge part. But at this point, there have been so many opportunities. And we've been waiting to get to this portion of the schedule. And look, if the Dolphins win next week against Buffalo, it's a whole different scenario where if if they win two of the final three games in this really difficult stretch to close out, and the one loss is to the team with the best record in the NFL, like, they'll have passed that test. But the part that's so difficult to get past if you're a Dolphin fan, and we've been fighting this narrative all season about them being frauds, they've had so many opportunities at Buffalo, on the road against the Chiefs, at the Eagles, and now at the Ravens. They've had five huge games this year. They've lost four of them. And two of them, they've gotten their shit kicked in. I mean, you thought 48-20 was bad against Buffalo. Here's a 56-19 burger. With number one, In the AFC on the line. There have been so many opportunities. And they've come up way short in all of them except for one. The injuries are a killer. I would expect Waddle and Mostert back. But Chubb is done. And you're probably losing Howard also. You know, the way Xavier Howard left the game doesn't feel like he's going to be ready for the next week. And the way he's been battling some injuries this year. It feels like you're without Howard next week. And man, Eli Apple. Oh my God, does he stink. But we knew this, right? And that's another one where it's like, how could Cam, Smith, Cam Smith's second round pick, how could he be worse than Eli Apple? I, there's so much stupid shit that I hear after Dolphin losses. I'm going to circle back to that, all right? It, like, let me put a pin in that right there. We'll, yes, so much stupid shit if you're a Dolphin fan that you hear from other dolphin fans. I'm sure every fan base does this, but so much stupid shit. I've heard from the dolphin fan over the last what are we talking about? Uh 20 hours at this point. Chubb is done, you know that. You don't need to wait for the MRI results to come out. As far as Bradley Chubb remaining in the game, look, it's such an easy thing to say. What? Why was he in the game? They're down by 30 or whatever late in the game. Injuries can happen. Any time in that sport. At any... And and by the way, you can't pull everyone off the field. Bradley Chubb is our most important pass rusher at this point with Jalen Phillips out. You should pull him off the field. You can't pull everybody off the field, but here's here's my general... and, And I'm consistent with this stuff when it comes to injuries and playing players at certain times. In that sport, in the NFL injuries can happen at any point to anyone in any game in any practice anytime you're on the field I don't put I'm sure Mike McDaniel feels bad about it I know the fans are pointing fingers at Mike McDaniel for Bradley Chubb being hurt non-contact injury could have happened at any moment it could happen in practice I have no I have no issue with Bradley Chubb being in the game at that point that injury could have happened on the first play of the game just as well it happened on his last play of the season. I, I, I can't play that game with the NFL. These guys are at risk every single snap. I know it's an easy thing for everybody to say, why the hell was he in the game at that point? It could happen at any time. I don't play that game with the NFL. And it sucks. It does. It's a killer. And it feels like, it feels like, the, se- it feel like the season's lost but it's been such a great season and it feels like it's ending because they're just not going to be healthy. They are not going to be healthy enough. And it's the worst part of sports. It's the worst part of the NFL because it really does come down to which team is the healthiest, which team can avoid injuries to their best players by the end of the season. On top of all that, remember, I'm still on the negative spin here. It's very difficult to feel like they can go to Baltimore in the playoffs and win. It'd be one thing if they didn't get the number one seed, and they lost yesterday by four, they lost by eight, whatever. It is very difficult to envision a scenario now where they are going to go on the road, and in general, this team is so much better at home than they are on the road. It is very difficult to believe this team is going to go on the road, especially at Baltimore, which if they win next week, Baltimore is the only team who they'd have to play on the road in the playoffs. It is very difficult to envision that they're going to be able to go on the road in Baltimore and win a playoff game after what we just saw. Still on the negative spin. This also feels a lot like 2003. What was 2003? The last time, going into the final two games of the season, that the Dolphins had a chance, win... And you're the number one spot. Control your own fate the final two games, you're the number one seed. They were 10 and 4, win your final two games at Minnesota, at New England, you're the number one seed. They lost them both, missed the playoffs. Now, that's not going to be the case here. They've already clinched a playoff spot, but now you got at Buffalo for the division, or you're a wild card team and you're going to play all your playoff games on the road. It's feeling eerily similar. To one of my worst memories as a Dolphin fan, that close to the 2003 season. Because you were so close to being the number one seed, home field advantage, and getting a bye. And you blew it. And it feels like it could be a repeat of that. They would still make the playoffs. But any realistic chance of making the Super Bowl, out the window. If they don't win next week. Out the window. I'm going to give you a positive spin here. If they lose next week, go into the playoffs as a road team, I'm not going to be able to give you a positive spin. It's not going to be possible. All right. Let's give you a little bit of positive. There's so much more negative. What can I say? The positive spin. All right. Everybody calm down. If the Dolphins win their final game of the season, a home game against their division rival, a home game against the Bills who... Betting odds-wise, heavy favorite to win the AFC East. Everyone out there picked Buffalo to win the AFC East. And the reality is, if the Dolphins win at home next week against the Bills, the Dolphins are AFC East champions. I know it's a Bills team that's beaten the Dolphins 10 of their last 11, including the playoffs. Bills have been our daddies. A good way to end the Bills being our daddies is to beat them next week and keep them from going to the playoffs. Period. That would be an exclamation point on this season. That would be a great season. Number two overall seed, East champion, eliminate Buffalo from making the postseason. That's a great season. That's what's on the line now for next week. Remember, we're doing positive spin here, right? If they win their final game of the season, they win the division, and they're the number two overall seed. That's a hell of a season. Every one of us would have taken that at the start of the season. And I told you, we wanted the number one seed. My goal has been number two. You don't want to be too greedy. If they're the number two seed, and you're guaranteed two home playoff games, that is a great accomplishment. And then on top of it, those you, if you win next week, you're probably hosting Pittsburgh Buffalo would likely miss the playoffs because here's what you got. (laughs) If the Dolphins beat Buffalo and Pittsburgh beats a Ravens team who's not going to be playing anybody, they've already sewn up number one. And Colts and Texans, they're playing each other. So one of those teams are going to make the playoffs. If Pittsburgh beats Baltimore, and I also believe if Jacksonville – Wins their final game. I forget who they're playing and wraps up the AFC South. Buffalo, all those are likely to happen. Buffalo would miss the playoffs entirely. So the Dolphins, then, as bad as you feel right now, the Dolphins win a home game next week against the Bills. They can eliminate Buffalo from the playoffs. They win the division and they're the number two seed with two guaranteed home games in the postseason. In the first round, you'd probably host Pittsburgh. And in the second round, there's a a couple different scenarios, but possibly Kansas City you would host in the divisional round, which would be the first time ever Patrick Mahomes plays a road playoff game. That would be a lot of fun. And I would like the Dolphins' chances. Kansas City's not any good. I'm telling you. So that's the positive spin. They are a home game over their division rival away from number two overall, And having a pretty favorable first couple games, you know, then before potentially going back to Baltimore for the AFC Championship game. But if you could reach the AFC Championship game, that's a hell of a season. Number two overall, you know, win away. Number two overall, that's a hell of a season. So, it's not all doom and gloom. This team is still in a good spot. So, i give you a negative spin. I know a lot of us are, we're a little closer to the negative side today. And that's Okay. You're allowed to be angry about it. Being angry about it, being this angry about it, is because A, you care, obviously, but B, the stakes are high. And when the stakes are high, that means your team's really good. And it's a spot that we haven't been in in so long. So with the stakes being super high, come really low lows. Now we got a chance for a really high high next week, but you also get some low lows. And that's where you're at right now. So it's not all doom and gloom. This team is still... In a good spot. Tell you what else is a good spot. Whenever I'm tired, like right now, I don't feel so great. Whenever I'm tired, I go to the best spot. And that's in my bed. Why in my bed? Because that's where I have sheets and giggles. Sheetsgiggles.com. You're going to get the softest, coolest, most breathable sheets around. You're going to get the best sleep of your life. I got the comforter. I got the bed sheets, I got the pillowcases. I got a eucalyptus pillow. Go to sheetsgiggles.com, and you're going to become one of over 100,000 Americans who are sleeping on sheets and giggles and never turning back. That's right, sheetsgiggles.com, and I can also get you 20% off your first order. All you got to do is use promo code ZASLOW, Z-A-S-L-O-W, promo code ZASLOW at checkout, 20% off your first order. Then make sure you're following Sheets and Giggles on Twitter, at Sheets Giggles. My man Colin, the founder and CEO of Sheets and Giggles, constantly putting out promo codes, all kinds of sales. So every other time you go back now to get more sheets, and you're going to want to, because these are the most comfortable sheets around, you're going to be able to take advantage of all kinds of other deals. But your first time there, SheetsGiggles.com. Use promo code Zaslow, 20% off checkout. Sheetsgiggles. .com. Now, yesterday was rough. What made it a little bit better, at least at the start of the game, had an ice cold Johnny Cuba in my hand. That's right. Johnny Cuba, official beer of Zaslow Show 2.0. We kick off the new year. Yesterday, we're watching the game. We got a Johnny in our hand. Official beer of the program. The most delicioso beer. I love when you guys try Johnny Cuba for the first time. You send me a picture. I put it on my Instagram. And then everybody's famous. Because I'm a very famous influencer. I love when you do that. If you haven't tried Johnny Cuba yet, I don't know what you're waiting for. Go to your local Sedano's. Presidente. when dixie Fresco Emas. European roots with that Caribbean soul. It's refreshing German lager in a can. Make sure you always drink responsibly. And of course, don't forget Johnny Cuba's mantra. Stay Tranquilo. So, too many mistakes yesterday. Against a Ravens team that has, I mean, is, 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 is clicking on all cylinders right now. The Ravens played virtually perfect. Maybe perfect football. And the Dolphins, after they marched down the field at the beginning, they get the score, awesome. Ravens do the same thing. Dolphins march down again, and and here here's where the avalanche started. You get Tyreek Hill, who makes that costly drop in the back of the end zone. Costs team four points. Now, I understand you're saying here, Zaslow, that one play in a game they lost by, what are we talking, 37 points. Okay, listen, Hill drops that pass. Instead of it being 14-7, it's 10-7. You wind up going into that, you know, right before they, right before Tua threw the interception, it was 21-13, maybe it's 21-17 in sport, it is 21-17 instead there, and maybe the Dolphins handle that scenario a little differently. Maybe they go a little bit slower. You don't know what would have happened if the score was different in that spot. And the overall point, though, Hill drops that touchdown, and there's two games now where Tyreek Hill has made a mistake That either turned or cost the team the game. That's true. Tyreek Hill's drop there. Turned the game. The Dolphins had a chance to be up 14-7. You don't know what the rest of the half looks like. Instead, it's 10-7. The game against the Chiefs. Tyreek Hill fumbles at the end of the first half. Chiefs pick it up. They run down the entire field. We're down 21-0 in a game that they lost 21-14. Tyreek Hill... And we love him. He's great. But it's had two major mistakes this season that one, turned the, turn the game yesterday. Two, cost the team the game against Kansas City. That, you gotta be honest. That's true. Also, maybe the biggest mistake of the game, Mike McDaniel. What They're down 21-13. Approaching the two-minute warning. Why is Mike McDaniel... And they're near midfield. Why is Mike McDaniel rushing to get up? Like, you have to assume he's telling Tua, go, go, go. We want to get another play up before the two minute warning. This Dolphin offense is explosive. Why do they have to rush another play before the two minute warning? They're near midfield, they can get chunk yards. It's an explosive offense. They rush the play, Tua throws an interception. Ravens score another touchdown before the end of the half. So instead of a scenario where maybe we can cut the lead to 21-16, I'm being conservative here, a field goal, 21-16, or without the Tyreek Hill drop, 21-20 before the end of the half, why would you want to hustle there to get a playoff before the two-minute warning? Wouldn't you want to take as much time as possible so that Lamar Jackson, the Ravens, don't get the ball back there with a chance to score and then also double up at the start of the third quarter? Why are they rushing to get to the two-minute warning? This was a terrible, costly decision by Mike McDaniel. There was no reason to rush there. A, they have plenty of time. And B, why do you want to save time? You want to chew time. Why are they running a rush play before the two-minute warning? So instead of 21, let's say 16 at the half, it becomes 28-13 at the half, and now it's out of hand. You get the kickoff, then it's 35, over. Game over. And, by the way, I know every like everyone is going to blame Tua. This defense is to blame yesterday. 56 points, obviously the defense is to blame. We know Baltimore's offense is really good. 19 points is not nearly good enough, but 56 points, get the fuck out of here. I know the Dolphin fan is going to blame Tua. But this offense is completely thrown out of whack when you're now trailing at the beginning of the third quarter. How could you possibly do what you want to do when you're down 35-13 early in the third quarter? And it was the same scenario last year in Baltimore, but you remember how the Dolphins came back. They did what they call their fuck-it plays, where they were just throwing deep to Tyree Kill the rest of the game. A lot of blame to go around yesterday. But Tua is not at the top of that list for me. Yes, the interception was terrible. I put that blame on Mike McDaniel. The second interception, yeah, it was bad. Now, you know what bothers the hell out of me? And look, you can be critical of Mike McDaniel. I Right there, I was critical of Mike McDaniel. But you know what bothers the hell out of me? Some of the stupid shit that comes from Dolphin fans. Like I told you earlier, Eli Apple clearly sucks. Deshaun Elliott's not any good either. Cater Coe had a bit of a tough time yesterday, but we like him. He's a good player. You get the Dolphin fan who doesn't understand why Cam Smith isn't out there. We went through this with Noah Igbenogany. Cam Smith isn't out there, second-round pick, because he's clearly not good enough. Like, do you think the Dolphins coaching staff, be it McDaniel or Vic Fangio, do you think they watch Cam Smith every day and they're just like, yeah, you know what? We'd rather have Eli Apple out there, even though Eli Apple sucks balls. They see Cam Smith every day, and he's clearly not good enough to play. Because Eli Apple stinks, but they still refuse to play Cam Smith. If Cam Smith could help the team, they see him every day. It's like the Heat and Eric Spolster and Nikola Jovich. If the coach thinks the player can help them, especially when there are not good players playing ahead of him. They would play him. Cam Smith isn't playing because he's not ready to play. Like you're sitting there on your couch. I don't know why they don't play Cam Smith. Well, do you think it could be because they see him every day and he's not ready to play? And then this, the dumbest shit I heard yesterday after the game. Gotta get rid of Mike McDaniel. That's not a straw man. I saw it plenty on social media. Gotta get rid of Mike McDaniel. I hate you so much if you're someone who says that. Like, I get it, fans are mad, but you are such an asshole if you actually feel that way. How, how much fun these two seasons have been, what he's gotten out of Tua, the ALP, last year, what they win? Uh, they, they ended up winning nine games last year. I mean, Tua's hurt a bunch of games. This year, they're, they have a chance to win 12 games and win the AFC East for the first time in 15 years. And you have the balls to say they need to get rid of Mike McDaniel. I hate that fan. So much. I understand you're mad, but you're also stupid. Sunday, eight twenty, 20 week 18, final game of the season. Come on. So if the Dolphins win, they're number two, probably going to play Pittsburgh. If they lose, they're going to be number six, probably go to Kansas City. I thought originally yesterday, and there's so many tiebreakers, that it looked like if the Dolphins win next week, they would then also host Buffalo in the wild card. That is not going to happen. Matter of fact, if the Dolphins win next week, Buffalo likely misses the playoffs altogether. And as shitty as you feel right now, that's going to feel really sweet. If you knock that team out of the playoffs and you clinch number two overall, come on, what are we talking about here? That shit will feel really good. So, I gave you a positive spin. I also gave you a negative spin. You know what time it is, guys. There's a ton going on yesterday. No more buys, fantasy football championships. Let's get to our Week 17 NFL rundown. That's right. Week 17 NFL rundown. We start out with Saturday night. Very controversial. Dallas Cowboys and Detroit Lions. The Cowboys, these are two teams fighting for the number two spot overall in the NFC playoffs. It came down to the wire. The Lions, they have a chance to tie the game with the touchdown. They decide not to kick the extra point. They want to go for two. They get it. You have the whole scandal where, you know, did he report? Did he not report? It certainly looks like he reported. You have no idea what was actually said, but it looks like the player was reporting. Dan Campbell certainly told the referee before the game they have a certain play they want to use and make you aware of. It looks like the referee, Brad Allen, we speak your name, it looks like the referee totally botched this scenario and cost the Lions in a very big way. So the Cowboys would hang on as the Lions don't get the two-point conversion. Cowboys win 20-19. Dak Prescott was 26-38. for 345 yards, two touchdowns, and an interception. CeeDee Lamb, he is a superstar. 13 catches, 227 yards, and a touchdown. Jared Goff, 19 for 34, 271 yards, a touchdown, and two interceptions. The Cowboys improved to 11-5. They are number two in the NFC. The Lions, they dropped to 11-5. They are currently number three in the NFC. Here's Lions head coach Dan Campbell. He's very upset after the game. In your face, can you just explain where it comes from right now? Is it
1: what would you, be, would you be frustrated right now? I don't it on? like losing, Dave, and that's what happened. We lost, and that bothers me. You know, it bothers me. I don't like having an L, so that's the frustration. I'm sorry, I don't mean it. at you,
0: obviously, you can't blame him. Let's move on here. The Bills and Patriots, a game that the Dolphin fan was keeping an eye on yesterday. Patriots returned the opening kickoff for a touchdown. It was pretty much all Buffalo the rest of the way. While Josh Allen, he was just 15-30 of for 169 yards and an interception. I mean, MVP, get the fuck out of here. He did have 44 yards rushing, including a couple of scores. The push and second down and goal. Josh Allen has his second touchdown today. And again, it's from a yard away.
1: And the Bills extend their lead. You can be as fierce as you want in the middle of that
0: defensive line, and it's just a, that's a hard play to stop. It's been a couple of years taking the NFL by storm. So the Bills improved to 10-6 and 6 with a 27-21 win over the Patriots. Buffalo right now is sixth in the AFC, but they need to win. Like, Buffalo wins next week, then they're the number two seed and AFC's champions. If they lose next week, they could miss the playoffs. The Patriots dropped to 4-12. Bailey Zappi was 16-26, 209 yards, and three interceptions. Is next week, the final game for Bill Belichick as coach of the New England Patriots. I don't know. I don't have a crystal ball. The Chicago Bears, they were all over the Falcons, 37-17. Terrible weather, snowed throughout the game. Justin Fields, 20-32. for 32. 268 yards and a touchdown. He had 45 yards rushing and a touchdown. The crowd was chanting, we want fields. They've secured the number one overall pick in the draft because the Panthers have locked up the number one overall pick. So the Bears are going to select number one. Right now, they also have the number 10 pick. DJ Moore had nine catches for 159 yards and a touchdown. Uh, You had Khalil Herbert rush 18 times for 124 yards and a touchdown. Bears 37, Falcons 17. Bears are 7-9. Falcons are 7-9. They are eliminated from playoff contention. (laughs) Excuse me. The Indianapolis Colts, a 23-20. Huge win over the Raiders. Gardner Minshew was 15 for 23, 224 yards and a touchdown. Jonathan Taylor had 21 carries for 96 yards and a touchdown. Devontae Adams, 13 catches for 126 yards and two touchdowns. Colts win 23-20. They are now nine and seven. They currently hold on to the seventh spot in the playoffs. A win next week over Houston, and they are in. The Raiders drop to seven and nine. They are officially out of playoff contention. And here is Colts head coach Shane Steakin in the post-game locker room.
1: Hey, great win, great win, right? We got the first thing done. We got the first thing done, and that's getting this win, right? We did it together, and it took all four quarters, and it took every single body in this room. Right? Next week, right, it's done. Right? So we got to have our best week. Our very best week of preparation that you've ever done in your life. Because like Garner said last week, they don't come around very often. And it's here. And we all got to be in our go, 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 baby, back. Go, 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 baby. Go, 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 Okay, Tim. never ask to be easy. All we ask for is a chance. Yeah. So we got it. Yeah. And we got it. Now what are we going to do with it, huh? Yeah. Hey, three on three. One, two, three.
0: The Jacksonville Jaguars snapped their losing skid with a 26-0 win over the Carolina Panthers. They are 9-7. They are one step closer. They are a win away from winning the ASC South. C.J. Beathard starting in place of Trevor Lawrence, 17 for 24, 178 yards. Travis Etienne Jr., 16 carries for 102 yards and two touchdowns. Bryce Young, 19 for 32, 112 yards and interception. The entire season has been a struggle for the number one overall pick. The Panthers dropped a 2-4. First overall pick in next year's draft. It goes to the Bears. And the big story from the game, Carolina Panthers owner David Tepper was seen tossing a drink out of his suite onto a fan in the stadium. That's white trash. The Houston Texans, a 26-3 thumping over the Titans. C.J. Stroud returns 21-32. for 32. 213 yards and a touchdown. Nico Collins had seven catches for 80 yards. Texans win 26-3. They are now 9-7. If they beat Indianapolis next week, they're in the playoffs. The Titans drop to 5-11. Here's Texans head coach D'Amico Ryans in the postgame locker room.
1: Hey, man, hey, hey, just, hey, congratulations, man. Congratulations. You talk about empty in the tank. You talk about a true team win, taking everybody, everybody stepping up when they needed to. Everybody making plays. That's what it looks like. That's Texan football right there. That's the brand of football I love to see. All right, running the ball, dominating on defense, all right, scoring points. That's what it looks like all around. We just getting started. We just getting started. We just just hitting that groove, and I love where we are right now. All right, we got – you guys talked about it last night. We had eight quarters. That's four
0: down. Four to go. Four down, four to go. The Rams hang on with a 26-25 win over the New York Giants. Matthew Stafford, 24 for 34, 317 yards, a touchdown, and two interceptions. Kylie Williams, 20 carries for 87 yards and three touchdowns. Puka Nakua had five catches for 118 yards. The Rams, 9-7, currently the sixth seed in the NFC. The Giants drop to 5-11. The Arizona Cardinals, but this is hard times, dad for the Philadelphia Eagles. The Cardinals beat the Eagles 35-31, a very damaging loss for Philadelphia. Kyler Murray, 25 for 31, 232 yards, three touchdowns and an interception. James Conner, he had 26 carries for 128 yards and a touchdown. Jalen Hurts was 18 for 23 for 167 yards, three touchdowns and an interception. The Cardinals would score the go-ahead touchdown with under a minute remaining.
1: On second and goal. Connor again. Nose down. He's in for the Cardinal
0: touchdown. Arizona takes the lead with 32 seconds left. Cardinals win 35-31. They're 4-12. The Eagles, after starting 10-1, have dropped four of their last five. They are now 11-5. They have dropped down to the five spot in the NFC. Dallas controls their own fate and a potential NFC East championship. The New Orleans Saints Stay alive as far as the NFC South Championship goes. The Saints beat the Bucks twenty-three to thirteen. The Bucks, if they won that game at home, they would have clinched the division and set it still up in the air. Both teams now are eight and eight. Derek Carr twenty-four for thirty-two, one hundred ninety-seven yards and two touchdowns. You had Baker Mayfield twenty-two for thirty-three, three hundred nine yards, two touchdowns and two interceptions. Juwan Johnson had eight catches and ninety yards and a touchdown for the Saints. The 49ers, a 27-10 win over the Commanders. Christian McCaffrey would leave the game in the third with a calf strain. The 49ers led by Brock Purdy, 22 for 28, 230 yards and two touchdowns. Brandon Ayuk had seven catches for 114 yards and a touchdown. Niners win 27-10. Niners are 12-4. They've clinched the number one seed in the NFC. Commanders drop to 4-12. You have to figure next week is the final game as head coach for Ron Rivera. The Seattle Seahawks once again clinch a winning season for head coach Mike Tomlin he has never had a losing season as head coach for the Steelers and of course in the NFL the Steelers they would win 30 to 23 they were ahead by seven late and they would wind up getting a huge turnover to help seal the deal start from the 25 Smith in trouble down he goes and the ball comes loose Steelers have recovered Najee Harris, 27 carries for 122 yards and two touchdowns. George Pickens, seven catches for 131 yards. Steelers win 30 to 23. They are now nine and seven. If they win next week, the Steelers—they're going to sneak. They need a couple things to happen, but it looks like it's very possible, and they will sneak into the postseason. The Seahawks drop to eight and eight, and they are—that's that, a damaging loss for Seattle. The Kansas City Chiefs. They hang on 25-17 over Cincinnati. Patrick Mahomes, 21 for 29, 245 yards and a touchdown. Isaiah Pacheco, 18 carries for 135, 130 yards, 7 catches for 35 yards and a touchdown. Rashi Rice had 5 catches for 127 yards. The Chiefs improved to 10-6. The Bengals dropped to 8-8. Eight eight. They're done. The Chiefs have won the division for the 8th consecutive year. Here's Patrick Mahomes after the game with Tracy Wolfson. Eighth straight AFC West title, and I know that it hasn't been easy this year. A lot of adversity you guys have had to overcome,
1: but this one's got to feel good especially coming against the Bengals. Yeah, I thought the guys fought hard. I mean, obviously, uh, we haven't been in the run that we want to be in. um, But at the end of the day, we won the AFC West. uh, We're going into the playoffs. um, And now let's try to build some momentum and get this thing rolling.
0: Speaking of building momentum, we were with you last week, and it was a tough one. But it seemed like you guys are starting to figure out how to play this offense well enough to win.
1: Yeah, when you got a great defense, man, you just got to go out there and put some points on the board and let them handle it. Um, I had that turnover in the first half that hurt us. But other than that, I thought the offense did a great job of just moving the ball, getting points. How about Harrison Bucker, man? Just, just knocking through those field goals. He's just nails out there. And so um, we just got to play off each other. We got to be let the defense work, let the special teams work, let the offense work, and win football games.
0: Speaking of that defense, though, the job they did in that second half, and I think it really started from that fourth down stop. Just talk about their intensity
1: and energy in that final stretch of the game. Yeah, I mean, they've done it all year. I think everybody's watched the offense and said that the Chiefs are different, but I mean, I think we're different in a good way. That defense is playing their tail off. Um, the offense, we're going to
0: score enough points, um, and let's get this, like I said, let's get this momentum going, get to the playoffs, uh, and uh, make something happen. The Denver Broncos, with Stidham as the quarterback, they hang on against the Chargers 16-9. Stidham was 20 for 32, 224 yards and a touchdown. The Broncos are 8-8. The Chargers dropped to 5-11. And, and finally, Sunday Night Football turned out to be a massive dud as the Packers jumped to the number 7 spot in the NFC with a 33-10 win over the Vikings. Jordan Love, 24-33. for 33. 256 yards, three touchdowns. He also had a touchdown rushing. Aaron Jones was had 20 carries for 120 yards. The Packers at 8-8 pulled the final wildcard spot. The Vikings dropped to to 7-9. They are done. And that right there is our Week 17 NFL Rundown. Yes. All right. It is the new year. Glad to have you here with us on January 1st. But still... The official car dealership is Zaslo Show 2.0. The only car dealership... I personally endorse, especially with all the deals going on right now into January 1st, 2024, is North Fort Lauderdale Subaru. At North Fort Lauderdale Subaru, you get that relaxed indoor car shopping experience, or you can have your current vehicle serviced. You're going to be treated like royalty either way at North Fort Lauderdale Subaru. Did you know, you don't even have to currently own a Subaru to have your car serviced at North Fort Lauderdale Subaru. They service all makes and models, and if you're looking for a new ride with an extensive new and pre-owned Subaru inventory, plus use cars, trucks, SUVs of every make and model. You are sure to find your next vehicle at North Fort Lauderdale Subaru, plus all new Subarus and most pre-owned vehicles come with a lifetime warranty so you know you're covered. At North Fort Lauderdale Subaru, they promise to provide their customers with an exceptional experience at their brand new state-of-the-art facility on North Andrews Avenue. You know which one its that beautiful building you can see from I-95 at the Cypress Creek Road exit. Go to NFLSubaru.com, NFLSubaru.com. Check out their inventory, North Fort Lauderdale Subaru, the location you know with an experience you'll love all right before we wrap things up here today on new year's day i want to thank everybody obviously who's been a part of the show for all of 2023 all of our awesome sponsors obviously all of you listeners 2023 look none of our sports teams won a championship in 2023 but i gotta be be perfectly honest with you i could probably say 2023 may have been my most fun sports year as a fan what we were able to go through between april may june simultaneously with the heat and the Panthers. It was also the, the the resurgence of the Dolphins. The Miami Hurricanes got to the Final Four. But most notably, even though our teams didn't win anything, what we experienced between the Heat and Panthers and the runs that they made all happened at the same time. I think 2023 may have been the most fun I ever had as a South Florida sports fan. So again, appreciate everybody for hanging out with us, and we're looking for big things in 2024. Let's get to big deal or not a big deal. Big deal or not a big deal. So yesterday, Fox NFL Sunday on the pregame show, The Rock showed up. That's right. Dwayne Johnson, he was there not only to congratulate Jimmy Johnson on being inducted into the Cowboys Ring of Honor the night before. Really cool ceremony. Excellent job there. But he also announced that the UFL, that's the United Football League, the UFL is going to debut in March 2024. This is not a big deal. I will not spend a second watching it, all right? I, nobody loves pro wrestling more than me, and I told you, I'll never spend a second watch, watching the XFL. So, Rock can merge the XFL with the, uh, it's the USFL, right? And now it's the UFL? No. I want to watch the best football around. I don't want to watch minor league football. I will not watch a second of UFL. Not a big deal. Big deal or not a big deal. So, the Panthers over the weekend, the Panthers hit a very difficult stretch, having lost four or five games, and then they're facing the Knights, the the Rangers, the Lightning, and, and, and then you have the Canadiens. Guess what? The Panthers won all four of them, including Saturday. The game-winning goal, a huge pair from E2 Loister Loistarinen
1: out
0: in front of the backhand. He did it again. Etu Loistarinen,
1: two goals tonight, and the Panthers have the lead. Oh, he's got a huge pair tonight. Etu Loistarinen, couple of power.
0: Goalie scored. I said he's a specialist out there. I'm going big deal. That sounds like it sounds like lois serene starting to get going. Panthers have won four in a row. They play again tomorrow night. They are at Arizona. I'm going big deal. Excellent job. Excellent response by the Panthers. Big deal, or not a big deal. Over the weekend, the Knicks and Raptors consummated a trade. OG Ananobi he is going to New York. OG Ananobi and Precious Achiuwa. Traded to the Knicks for RJ Barrett and Emmanuel Quickly and a second round pick. I'm going not a big deal. Like, the trade's fine. I don't think it moves the needle at all for the Knicks, so I'm going not a big deal. And finally, big deal or not a big deal. Tonight, after having last week off and it was a best-of show, WWE Monday Night Raw presents Day 1. Now, Day 1 used to be a pay-per-view But instead, it's just an episode of Raw tonight. Main event, Seth Rollins defending the world title against Drew McIntyre. I'm going big deal. No Monday Night Football tonight. No Heat tonight. Well, yeah, Heat's at 1030 tonight. No Panthers tonight. What else are we going to do? All right. So tonight, WWE Day 1, that's a big deal. And that right there is another edition of Big Deal or Not a Big Deal. All right. Today's show brought to you in part by Bet Online. Thanks to everybody who hung out with us today on New Year's Day. Make sure you like, you rate, you comment, you do all that fun stuff. We'll talk to you on Saslow show 2.0 tomorrow. Know what that means. Ah, the show is over. What better time now than to go out back with a six-pack of Johnny Cuba. That's right. That's what I look forward to after every show. And now my day's work is done. You got special holiday prices on six packs of Johnny Cuba. Make sure you pick up your Johnny Cuba merch as well. We got the hot sauce coming up. Johnny Cuba, stay tranquilo because more is always brewing.